Welcome to The Big Unlock, where we discuss data, analytics, and emerging technologies in healthcare. Here's some of the most innovative thinkers in healthcare information technology talk about the digital transformation of healthcare and how they are driving change in their organizations. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, it is my honor and privilege to have as my special guest today, Dr. Keith Dunleavy, Chairman and CEO of Innovalon. Dr. Dunleavy, welcome. Thank you, Patty. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. It's good to be talking to you again. Thank you very much. For the benefit of our listeners, uh, maybe you could uh, start by telling us a little bit about who Innovalon is and uh, what kind of problems you're solving today for the healthcare industry. Sure, Patty, thank you. Innovalon is a company that is entirely focused on how data can help to improve the understanding and the clinical and economic outcome improvement of healthcare. Uh, Data is at the uh, center of all decision-making and all efforts to improve healthcare, and in order to bring that data together, uh, to analyze it, uh, to inform a more uh, intelligent and informed decision in the healthcare community, you need a number of technological capabilities, and it's these technological capabilities that Innovalon is focused on. Those uh, capabilities are the ability to uh, connect into and aggregate massive amounts of data. Uh, Number two, to be able to analyze that data in uh, petabyte volumes in incredibly high speeds. Number three is to be able to then take the analysis from that compute and be able to drive meaningful impact in the marketplace, in the point of care where the patients are actually serviced and uh, taken care of. And then number four, the ability to take all of that impact and summarize it into data visualization and reporting and processes that are necessary for the back end of healthcare to to operate and be strategically uh, directioned. So it's these four capabilities that enable uh, what is referred to often in healthcare as the transformation from a volume-driven healthcare market to a value-driven healthcare market that Innovalon is focused on. So it's really a technology layer, uh, a cloud-based technology layer uh, that is enabling and empowering the improvement of healthcare. Right, right. And I will come back to the major themes that you highlighted, you know, data-driven healthcare, the transition from uh, fee-for-service to value-based care, and cloud. These are very important emerging themes in healthcare today. I'll come to that in a minute. But first, uh, you made a big, exciting announcement last week, uh, your acquisition of Ability Network. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. And would you like to tell us a little bit about the rationale for the acquisition and the uh, synergies that you expect to drive from the transaction? Sure. So historically, Innovalon has focused on aggregating information, analyzing it, and driving impact on behalf of the major health plans, pharmaceutical companies, medical device manufacturers, and diagnostic companies uh, around the country. 
You know, these are large corporations uh, that service tens and hundreds of millions of patients. And we have spent our time developing the analytical capabilities, connection pipes, and cloud compute environments necessary to do that. Ultimately, getting to the point where we today have over 241 million patients uh, in our system and trans, uh, covering uh, the vast amount of the United States uh, in our work. What uh, combining with Ability Network allows us to now do is to dramatically expand the reach of that analytical capability, that connectivity capability, and the ability to drive impact all the way down to the point of care at 44,000 uh, provider sites around the country. Combining what we have historically achieved at Anovalon together with the uh, SaaS uh, software as a service cloud-based platform of Ability Network allows us to achieve a market-leading vertical integration of data-driven healthcare all the way from the health plan, the pharmaceutical company, the medical device manufacturer, uh, the diagnostic company, the employer, all the way down to where the patient gets their care at the point of care where the provider is. Uh, so this achieves uh, enormous expansion of capability and reach, but also achieves a significant uh, improvement in the operational efficiencies of the company uh, and the scale of the company, allowing us to really deliver end-to-end -end value based care enablement through a cloud-based uh, platform uh, across the entire uh, breadth of the ecosystem. Uh, it's very exciting for us. Uh, there is uh, enormous expansion of channel uh, for the company and also a very significant expansion of total data set size uh, and con connectivity uh, reach. So we're very excited about it. A lot of positives uh, for the healthcare marketplace uh, as well as the technology marketplace and uh, our, our shareholders as well. Right, right. And definitely exciting. It's uh, what a billion dollars or so in transaction size. So it's not a small transaction by any means. And definitely sounds like you're expanding your coverage and reach significantly, uh, especially on the provider side and uh, even more specifically on the ambulatory side of the uh, uh, of the continuum. So would that be a fair statement? Uh, Patty, you're, you're spot on. Uh, they cover approximately 44,000 uh, what, what are called provider sites. And as you appropriately point out, what that means in the healthcare world uh, is uh, acute care providers like hospitals and walk-in clinics, uh, post-acute uh, providers like home care and nursing homes and hospice, uh, and ambulatory uh, providers uh, like the doctor's offices that, that you and I would go to on a routine basis or, or when we get sick. So across the board, uh, they have that connectivity into those provider environments. And very importantly, they do it in a way that's in the workflow of how those uh, organizations practice medicine. So uh, unlike uh, connectivity that might be in what we call the back end uh, of the IT systems of facilities, uh, Ability Network is part of the front end and the operational day-to-day -day flow of operations uh, at these uh, centers. They, they actually have what is called the uh, MyAbility uh, software platform, uh, which is a, a workspace or a desktop of uh, seven different applications 
that their customer base uses every day to execute on the critical needs that they have administratively, uh, clinical quality-wise, regulatory compliance-wise, financial processing-wise, all of the matters that a physician and caregiving facility needs to deal with uh, in order to ultimately operate. Uh, so by having that front-of-mind presence in the provider environment, connected in real time with the Innovon One platform uh, cloud uh, allows us to do tremendous things, uh, you know, have access to information and data in a real time manner, be able to put analytical results uh, and insights in front of the provider site, uh, also in real time, uh, allow us to help them operate more efficiently, achieve better quality insights and outcomes, uh, have a better financial and economic performance, ultimately improve the patient experience as well as the overall economics of the uh, whole ecosystem. So it is quite exciting and it is uh, truly industry leading. There's no other solution that vertically integrates all the way from the major players in the health plan, pharma, device, diagnostics world, all the way down to the patient's point of care in real time in a cloud-based format like we will now uh, have. So it is um, a very exciting uh, process for us. Absolutely, it does, it does sound like it. Well, all the best on the transaction. I know it's yet to close, uh, but all the best with the transaction flows, and I'm sure you're gonna have your hands full uh, in the foreseeable future. So, uh, switching topics. Uh, uh, Innovalon believes in a data-driven future for healthcare. So. Can you talk to us a little bit about the emerging data sources? Now it's you know we've gone well past electronic health records. That's kind of table stakes now. Everybody's supposed to have access to it and claims data, which has been around a long time. This is all the traditional data sources, for want of a better word. Now you've got new data sources coming together. Right? You've got the IoT data, the social determinant data, genomics data. Soon you're going to have speech data from your Alexa, among other things. What's your view on how all of these new data sources can be integrated into uh, transforming care delivery as we know it? And what uh, what role uh, do you see for, for those types of data sources in your own services and products to your uh, customers? Well, uh, Patty, this is this is an enormously important topic, uh, as you aptly uh, point out. Uh, let's walk through. There's a lot in there uh, in, in your question. Let's kind of tease out uh, the different parts and pieces of it that allow for a holistic uh, data strategy. So, first and foremost, uh, as you point out, uh, there are lots of different types of data that are involved in healthcare. Uh, there are the the most traditional element that people would refer to as claims data. Um, there's uh, obviously what uh, some people call as clinical data. We'll come back and talk about that in, in a moment. Um, there's also uh, patient reported data. Uh, there is uh, data that gets reflected in what's called activities of daily living uh, data. Uh, there is behavioral data. Uh, reflecting whether or not a patient is uh, actually doing uh, what they are recommended to do from as basic as are they getting their prescriptions filled to are they 
actually doing the physical therapy that they're uh, recommended to have done and, and are they managing their salt intake or other aspects of their care. So uh, this is a type of data that's important. There's uh, significant amounts of uh, additional data from activities uh, and devices. Uh, so your, your healthcare trackers uh, that come from your mobile phone, that come from your Fitbit, um, that come from your electronically connected scale. Uh, there is data that comes from medical devices, uh, such as uh, implantable uh, defibrillators and pacemakers uh, and insulin pumps. Uh, there's data that comes from, as you point out, uh, genetic uh, components. And genetic is uh, an entire world of its own, where you range from uh, genetic marker data, which is whether a patient has or does not have a particular uh, sequence uh, that is identified as a genetic marker, versus having actual sequence data, uh, which is a more granular level of genetic uh, data. Uh, we can come back and, and talk about uh, that as well. But then also is the very important aspect that you point out about these, these walled gardens and the aspect that data for a particular patient resides in so many uh, different locations and platforms. It's not just that there are numerous different types of data, it's also that there are numerous different locations of data and also stages of data. Uh, the process of uh, a patient's healthcare experience actually has various different uh, linear steps that alter the data, things like what are called adjudication steps, uh, where the information that reflects the patient's care actually gets edited uh, and expanded on or actually removed from the data set from a financial uh, point of view or a uh, authorized uh, point of view. So you have uh, this multi-dimensional set of information that is variant in the nature of it, the location of it, the timing of it, the staging of it, um, all of which needs to be uh, tracked and they are, this data resides in a highly disparate uh, set of uh, sophistication levels of management in the marketplace, meaning some of it is in very basic uh, diagnostic laboratory machine level uh, repositories, uh, and some of it is in very advanced cloud-based uh, architectures. So the, the uh, task of bringing this together uh, in comprehensive fashion is uh, rather uh, significant uh, in, in its scale. And this is something that Novalon has spent tremendous amount of time, uh, investment, energy, focus, subject matter expertise in, in developing. So I'll, I'll give you a few statistics that you might find interesting. Uh, in 2016, uh, the numbers for 2017 I don't have in my head yet, but for 2016, the average Medicare Advantage member in the United States saw 6.2 different physicians. Each one of those physicians more than one location, two or more locations, often on different uh, EHR uh, platforms or connected through different HIE 
uh, uh, systems so that the average patient uh, typically had data residing in a minimum of 12 different systems uh, around the country, around their ecosystem. And, and beyond that, of course, they might travel somewhere on vacation and get sick there or fill a prescription there or have a visit to an emergency room uh, there. And of course, uh, patients uh, change their name. Uh, their name gets incorrectly entered into uh, systems. The multi-additional identifiers of those patients uh, vary uh, by accident or on purpose, on purpose meaning when they get married or, or, uh, or not. And so proper alignment of it with the right patient is incredibly uh, important. Uh, at Innovalon, what we've done is we have developed a system of intelligent data integration. Uh, we call the front end of this uh, the iPort system. Uh, and the iPort system, which has multiple, uh, multiple different uh, uh, types, meaning there's enterprise iPort and there's cloud-based iPort, which we call iPort HD, um, this uh, undertakes a process of allowing the 37 billion medical events that we have in our platform to teach the system what to expect as far as data inflows, because you can't possibly use human uh, data mapping uh, on those kinds of massive data influx. When you're receiving data that ultimately sourced from thousands of different hospitals, tens of thousands of different uh, clinical facilities, hundreds of thousands uh, of different laboratory uh, sources across uh, millions of patients, um, that is streaming in at a velocity that requires you to have a very intelligent data integration platform. Ours conducts more than 1,100 uh, data integrity analyses uh, on the data that comes in so that it can identify uh, errors and omissions uh, in, in, in the data and get smarter and smarter at identifying where an error might, might be. So Anovon's data uh, comes to it in identified uh, what's called primary source fashion which means we have a proper identifiers on all of our data and can longitudinally match up the genetic data with the claims data, with the laboratory data, with the patient reported data, with the physician entered data, with the electronic healthcare record data, and so forth, uh, before then uh, undertaking an encrypted uh, de-identification uh, process on, on that data. So then uh, to come back to um, you know, what are we doing in a going forward way, uh, it has also to do with how do you structure uh, that data. So one of the things we have been very mindful over the years is how to make sure that the data structure in our database architecture strategy um, is laid out uh, in a way that allows for super high-speed uh, analysis. Because actually the way that you store uh, your data significantly impacts the speed at which you can undertake uh, a multivariate compute process. So we've had to also anticipate the expansion of data types over time in structuring the architecture. You know, how might genetic data look as we get further and further into the granularity of that information? Um, how might uh, patient-reported devices uh, uh, look? So. All this is a huge focus of ours. Um, we are uh, uh, we have a whole team that focuses on data architecture strategy, uh, and it's a significant differentiator of the size and volumes of data that we deal with.
that's uh, so, so thank you for for that for that detailed uh, uh, overview. Uh, it sounds to me like if I boil it down, there's a couple things. One is the ability of uh, an enterprise such as Invalon to to take all the data that's coming in, standardize it, normalize it, and make it usable. Uh, to put it very simply, there's also an external factor which you uh, which you referred to earlier on in your comments, which is the walled gardens. Right? You have to have the you know, uh, having the internal ability to integrate, aggregate, and standardize and normalize the data is one thing, but having the ability to get the data is another thing. And there's some external factors there, which I think you refer to as walled gardens. And we, you know, we all talk about the I word interoperability. Uh, just a quick comment on that: Do you think we're getting any closer to solving that through Fire, uh, for instance? Or do you think it's going to be left to individual enterprises such as Invalon to find and build solutions and try to gain acceptance across the industry? Where do you, where do you think we are in that uh, journey? I think I think we're making good progress, Patty. So I think that the uh, you know we're in a refreshed cycle in the healthcare technology landscape. In, in our view, you know you had first generational. Uh, electronic healthcare record systems, for instance, uh, you then, with the financial stimulus uh, of a few years back, went through a second uh, cycle, an enormous expansion of the uh, brands and formats of uh, EHRs, which dramatically expanded coverage of various different technology platforms, but also, unfortunately, at the same time, expanded the, the, the number of variants of data structures uh, uh, that introduced a new challenge of interoperability, ironically. Uh, we're now uh, on arguably uh, the third cycle, uh, and this is now driven more intensely by financial scrutiny of how do I, how do I, as a hospital or a health plan or an integrated healthcare delivery system, invest my uh, hard-earned dollars into technology as opposed to a scramble to put something in place for meaningful use or collection of stimulus dollars? So the marketplace is being more scrutinizing of platforms today, and the technological uh, function. And interoperability provided by those different platforms is now getting a lot more attention than arguably it did four or five years ago. So that is playing well uh, to the market now increasingly coming up with standards. Um, you're getting this both politically, technologically, and economically, uh, which I think is heading us in the right direction. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Dunleavy. Switching to another topic, uh, cloud. Uh, Innovalance platform is a cloud-based platform, and, and you pointed to that uh, in your earlier comments. How do you see cloud adoption rates in general today in healthcare? And is, is there anything holding it back from an accelerated adoption curve? So we, we have seen a significant inflection in the adoption of cloud. Uh, we uh, at Innovalon began our cloud journey approximately uh, three years ago uh, and started aggressively investing uh, into cloud uh, in 2015. And uh, all new development or the vast majority of new development was being done in 
uh, native cloud format. And then in 2017, last year, we uh, brought together approximately 80 different components in our platform into one uh, cloud-based platform called the Innova on One uh, platform. And we w undertook a, an aggressive uh, migration of uh, clients to that platform uh, because it enabled a far more modular approach uh, to uh, solutioning for our clients' benefit. It allowed for a much more efficient um, uh, application of technology uh, dollars and elimination of inefficiency uh, human being uh, uh, time uh, and overall uh, delivered a higher ROI for, for our clients as well as greater flexibility for, for the company. So by the end of 2017, uh, we had uh, 94 million patients migrated onto our cloud-based platform, which is up about 450% year over year, and that included uh, four of the nation's uh, five largest uh, healthcare systems. So uh, we, that is literally within a 12-month period. So an enormously rapid um, uh, transition of marketplaces' willingness to be uh, utilizing uh, the cloud. Um, and I think that that's for a number of different reasons. It's because of the economic pressures on healthcare. It's because of the functionality differentiator able to be delivered in cloud is overcoming the subjective concern around things like security uh, of, of the data uh, and, and of the compute environment. So as that has the value able to be delivered through cloud and the economic benefit of being able to be delivered through cloud has accelerated so dramatically over the last uh, two or so years, that has overcome the uh, the subjective concerns uh, of of this new thing, uh, and we're seeing strong positive response to the cloud. That's uh, that's really encouraging to hear, Doctor Dunleavy, and uh, I'm sure that uh, it's going to play out well for you know all the other technology companies and healthcare enterprises who are adopting a kind of a cloud first strategy, if you will, for new solutions, especially in analytics, where Data is coming in from different sources, and you know, potentially the data lakes and data warehouses are now sitting on the cloud somewhere, as opposed to an enterprise environment. Uh, so that's really encouraging to hear. Now, you you also touched upon economic pressures in your in your comments just now. So we we are seeing a shift from fee for service to value based care, and the value based care train has left the station. Everybody acknowledges that. I'm curious to know your views on how far ahead the industry is in terms of adopting value-based care initiatives, you know, alternate payment models and the like, uh, and not just because of regulatory pressure, but also market pressures and just as a way of doing business for the future. And related to that, you know, how are other forces such as uh, rising consumerism, the growing influence of millennials and their way of consuming healthcare uh, and their way of engaging uh, in general with smartphones and stuff like that. What does all that mean for your business and uh, and for the healthcare market? Would you care to comment on that? Sure, Patty. So, so the conversion or the transformation of healthcare stages in different parts of the ecosystem for sure. And if we go back and just look at, you know, what's the history of the 
value-based care model. One could argue that it started in uh, the late 90s in the Medicaid marketplace where individual states started introducing value-based components of their payment models or their reimbursement models. Uh, and then, of course, you had uh, the introduction of the Medicare Modernization Act uh, in early 2000s, uh, and then the economic uh, downturn in 08-09 really accelerated the economic pressures on healthcare and led to a rapid expansion of Medicaid uh, programs and then ultimately the Affordable uh, Care Act. But what was happening behind the scenes uh, was that uh, the providers, the hospital systems, and the, the physicians actually delivering care were being introduced to value-based uh, contracts uh, because of the regulatory movement or the government movement, and that uh, got them familiar with the concept such that when the private sector, large employers, for instance, started to pursue similar models of wanting value considerations to be built into uh, their healthcare uh, models, uh, the provider was familiar with it and accepted it more readily than they would have if the employer uh, came to them directly. So organizations around the country today uh, are signing an increasing number of what are called uh, uh, ACO contracts or accountable care organization contracts. Some of those are formal ones uh, as described under various laws, but also more prevalent are just the concept of a shared risk uh, agreement, which is a form of a value-based uh, agreement. Um, and you're seeing that most certainly uh, heavily uh, in the health plan marketplace uh, and the hospital and hospital system marketplace. And you're starting to see it progress through the pharmaceutical marketplace, uh, we've signed uh, nine value-based uh, contracts in the pharmaceutical uh, marketplace, uh, and we're working on the same in the medical device marketplace. So I would put them in that order. I would say that uh, health plans really adopted it first. Uh, it then moved more into the provider systems. It then uh, it moved and is in the process of moving through the pharmaceutical marketplace, and then uh, further down the list is the medical device uh, marketplace. So there are different stages, uh, but it is a train that has left the station. Uh, it is uh, happening in, in healthcare terms uh, very quickly, uh, um, but it is at different stages. Right, right. Now, you, you, you mentioned that uh, you had signed some uh, value-based contracts as well. I just so I, I understand that so are are you putting some of your own uh, revenues at risk uh, it, it, for delivering outcomes? Is is that what you meant by that? No, Patty, we're, we're the technology platform that enables it to happen. So let me try and give you an example. So um, let's take the pharmaceutical marketplace, for instance, uh, very well known in, in, in healthcare that new drugs are coming onto the market that are very expensive. They're very expensive, but they can deliver a tremendous benefit to the right patient. So a health plan or an employer um, who is being asked to pay for these medications is obviously sensitive to making sure that it is being given to the right patient, 
um, the patient that really needs it and uniquely benefits from it, and that the value uh, uh, argued for the medication is in fact being realized. So herein is a great place for a technology platform, a technology platform that is able to uh, be connected into the ecosystem, the laboratories, the hospitals, the health plans, the pharmaceutical uh, data streams, uh, can help to identify the right patients that fulfill the uh, criteria for being appropriate and eligible for a particular medication, an expensive medication, um, then can identify that patient to the right physicians, uh, and then can uh, track and report on the impact and benefit and performance of that drug on that patient so that a pharmaceutical company can uh, go to a health plan and say, we have a great drug, uh, it's expensive, but the value delivered is way in excess of the expense, uh, and we will stand behind that. Uh, we have a technology partner by the name of Inovalon who will put in place this platform. You will be able to monitor and see the patients that are on these medications. You'll be able to monitor and see the value that you are receiving, and in exchange, the health plan gets comfortable with the high-cost medication because they can see the high-value benefit, uh, and they're able to see that in near real time using our software so that all parties are benefited. The pharmaceutical company gets a larger distribution of its drug to an expanded market. The health plan or the employer gets visibility into the value that they are receiving in exchange for what they are paying out. And of course, the patient is getting a new medication that is highly beneficial to whatever condition they're suffering from. And it's software and connectivity uh, and intervention and reporting capabilities on the Innovol on one platform that empowers that entire exchange of uh, value and benefit and cost. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Dr. Dunleavy, let's talk about Quest Diagnostics. This is one of your strategic partnerships, uh, and this is this is a this is. A, something that you and I have discussed before. And uh, I also saw that uh, lately you won some awards uh, for the products that you launched collaboratively with Quest. Firstly, congratulations on that. In fact, I featured some of that work in my book as well. Uh, you want, do you want to give us an update on where you are with that partnership? You know, Any key milestones you want to touch upon? Thanks, Pat. A company that obviously is highly uh, highly penetrated into the marketplace and is looking for uh, lots of ways that uh, the not only the laboratory work that they uh, do uh, but the uh, platform and presence that they have with uh, physicians is leveraged to the greatest degree possible so uh, as you know uh, what we put in place in partnership with quest is the ability to have a request by a physician not only be for a blood laboratory, for instance, but for an analytical uh, test, uh, a data diagnostic, which they can request in the same way that they would request a blood test, uh, but instead of the blood test taking one, two, or three, or however many days to be complete, the analytical test is complete within a couple of seconds uh, and reports back to them on uh, a number of different uh, inquiries they can have so that they can help change how they would practice medicine for the benefit of the patient uh, in real time. 
So that, uh, that obviously required significant uh, efforts on Quest side to enable um, that uh, in their platform. And uh, we at Anovon designed um, the real-time capability in an active, active, active uh, cloud-native environment format, which was first of its kind, uh, and allowed for responses back within two or three seconds uh, anywhere in, in the country, despite the massive size of, of data moving that was necessary and compute process that was necessary uh, and formulation of a format response that was necessary. So both organizations did some really impressive uh, development uh, and achievement on that. Uh, and we are really pleased with uh, where that moved this capability in the marketplace and how many other applications that now obviously has with on-demand uh, real-time uh, analytics. Uh, so we continue to uh, move that into uh, different uh, Quest uh, opportunities, meaning uh, clients of theirs, uh, ACOs of theirs, hospital systems of theirs. Uh, neither organization reports out on the, the, the volumes uh, under that uh, process, but it is a very exciting and ongoing uh, positive uh, progression of our technologies together. So it, uh, I, I very recently uh, met with uh, several of their uh, senior people, and um, we're excited about next chapters on that as well. Right, and it's award-winning too, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you, Patty. Well, uh, we're down to our last couple minutes here. Uh, I thought maybe you could round out this discussion by talking to us about what your uh, top few priorities are for 2018. Oh, great. I appreciate it, Patty. I'd love to tell you about some of the, the new uh, technologies that we've been uh, working on and, and, and undertaking in the marketplace, and they're extremely exciting. Uh, so, obviously, one of the main focus is uh, we spent uh, a lot of time, energy, and resources in 016 and 017 building out our, our cloud uh, environment. Uh, we run a, a private cloud environment in multiple uh, tier four uh, data centers and also uh, burst into and utilize commercial clouds uh, such as AWS and, and, and Azure and, and others. Um, that uh, large investment we're now converting into uh, strong harvesting of value for our clients and, and for us. Uh, but we're also uh, using that uh, very large compute uh, environment that we now have to do some very exciting uh, new capabilities. Uh, one of them is um, uh, natural language processing as a service or NLP uh, as a service. Uh, in 2016, uh, we developed a natural language processing capability here at Novalon to decrease the amount of human intervention we needed to convert unstructured data into structured data. Uh, we rolled that out across the company in 2017, and it dramatically decreased uh, our, our personnel requirements uh, and therefore obviously cost and dramatically increased our speed. Um, you combine uh, NLP together with Direct Connect EHRs, uh, and you get a capability that allows you to aggregate uh, clinical data in real time from millions of different patient data sources and then apply natural language processing on it uh, in near real time and provide back uh, a, a compute on what was previously thought of as un So we have started rolling out a service called uh, NLP as a service. 
um, where organizations can literally uh, just license and use that software capability in, in large scale. Um, we have made great progress on that. We're excited about that. Um, and that requires the enormous compute environment that we've developed and the connectivity that we've uh, developed. So bringing together investments that we have done to bring truly market-leading capabilities uh, out into healthcare. So it's just one of the examples of the things we're working on here in 2018, and uh, we're excited about it. Yeah, yeah. And unstructured data is, of course, the vast unexplored frontier of uh, healthcare data, which by some estimates constitutes 80% of all healthcare data out there. So that should be exciting too. So you're opening up the new frontier there. Well, uh, yep. No, it, it, it is truly exciting. And as, a, as an engineer and a physician, you know, I was an electrical engineer before I went off to uh, medical school to sit in a conference room and watch on the screen uh, cases in real time uh, be aggregated uh, and analyzed from all their different EHR locations and identified as whether or not this patient's cancer is progressing, is stable, needs a, a change in therapeutic approach. It is uh, truly amazing, a absolutely amazing. Unbelievable. That's great. So, uh, Dr. Donlevy, we are we are uh, at the end of our our allotted time for this. I greatly greatly appreciate you taking the time. It's a real pleasure speaking with you as always, and all the very best uh, for for the rest of the year and beyond. Patty, uh, always a pleasure, and I appreciate your time. Great to talk to you again. Thank you so much, and uh, have a great day. It was really good talking to you. Thank you, Kim, and thank you, Tanya. Thank you. Thank you. Right, have bye. a great weekend. Bye bye. Right, you too. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Subscribe to our podcast series at www.thebigunlock.com and write to us at info at thebigunlock.com.